Welcome to On Call with Dr. Anselm Anyoha. In this podcast, learn about the social, emotional, and physical health of children and their journey from birth through preschool and beyond. Find compassionate answers to issues parents and children face and that pediatricians encounter every day. Discussions in this podcast are not meant to diagnose or treat any conditions. Parents and caregivers, talk with your children's pediatricians or doctors about topics and perspectives presented here. You are on call with Dr. Anslem Anyoha. Today we'll be talking about something all babies have and parents have questions about the umbilical cord and the belly button. Dr. Anyoha, why is it so important to talk about the umbilical cord and belly button today? Thank you so much, Paula, for that question. I've been in practice for 20 years in pediatrics. Of all the things parents of newborns are concerned about, which could range from a variety of things, formula, feeding, rash, palachy, abdominal pain, yellowness, jaundice, constipation, there are many things that concern them. But the most frequent things that come up in my estimate, the most frequently complained issue that worry parents is the belly button issues. They want to find out if this belly button is, is good to go, if there's anything going on with the belly button, and always making reference to the belly button. So I think it's a very important subject to talk about, especially to parents who don't have experience about newborns and issues around the belly button. What are some of the things, especially new parents, would like to learn about what happens behind the scenes when a baby is born? So in this podcast, there are two objectives. Number one is to tell parents what exactly happens with the belly button or the umbilical cord, for example. And also I want parents to know how the care of belly button has changed uh, over time. Behind the scene, for example, when a baby is born, and the baby's head comes out and the body comes out. And then the belly button, you're looking at the belly button attached to the placenta. The delivery team, whoever is attending the delivery has to clamp the umbilical cord on two sections and then cut in between so that our baby is separated from the mother. Remember the umbilical cord is a conduit or connection through which the baby get nutrients and oxygen from the mother and which helps the baby grow in the uterus or the womb. When a baby is born, this connection through food and nutrients has to be cut so the baby is separated from the mother. And is there a distance, like a certain distance? That's a very good question, actually. So a normal cord is about two feet long and the initial cut could be very generous. The initial cut is just to separate the baby from the mother so the baby can be cared for. Then later on, the cord can be trimmed to about one inch above the navel. Is this after the baby's checked? What happens in that time in between? This is done simultaneously. I'm talking about standard hospital <laughs> where I practice. Obviously, things differ from hospital to hospital and from country to country and babies are born in different situations. But talking about the United States, we have practice. There's always a team ready to 
cut the cord and separate the mother from the baby. Sometimes spouses who are there are given opportunity to cut the cord. A lot of fathers do make them part of the delivery team. Doctors make them wear gloves, maintain a hygiene situation, and tell them, hey, use this scalpel and cut here, or use this scissors and cut here. So I think that's cool to make the fathers part of the process of delivery. What happens if a baby is born outside of a hospital setting? There are plenty of times when, as a pediatrician, encounter a situation where babies are delivered at home. In the United States, for example, what the parents do is to call 911, call the ambulance. The ambulance staff will come rushing. And of course, they have the equipment and the right materials to cut the cord and tie the cord up properly. So that's what happens in the United States where I practice. But of course, in other parts of the world, the situation will be very different dramatically, depending on where the baby is born, at home, in health centers, where there's no sterility or hygiene. Situations differ a lot from one country to the other. I did have another question. You mentioned some people will deliver a baby at home with a midwife. Is it safe to do this? Yes, midwife farms, they're very skilled in delivering babies. Sometimes that's what they do for a living. They're very good. You just have to acquire the skills and experience. So it's safe to deliver with a midwife, but of course, knowing that you have proximity to the hospital, so everything should be in place to deliver in a safe environment. So let me ask you another question about this. Let's say there's an emergency situation, is a blizzard or a snowstorm, and the mother can't get to the hospital in time and the baby's delivered by, I don't know, a police officer. You hear these stories every once in a while. <laughs> They're in the news. Yeah. In those situations, emergency personnel, they know what to do. How does that all work? Yeah, the baby comes out screaming and the parent waits for help to come. Whenever a police officer or an ambulance team hears that the baby is born, they come and they're ready to go. They cut the cord and take the baby to the hospital for examination. In fact, it's not a rare thing for babies to be born at home. It happens when some parents or some mothers might underestimate the baby is coming or what we call spontaneous delivery. They just don't have enough signals. And then before they know it, the baby's born. So they will call for help. So these babies are sometimes come to the emergency room and the pediatricians will take it from there. Another question I have. As you talk about cutting the umbilical cord and then trimming it later yes, in a safe environment, at what point is it tied? You said something about tying it. And does this affect if the belly button is an innie or an outie? Clamping is what they do in the United States when they trim it. It's always clamped. But in other parts of the world, they might not have plastic clamps. It could be a string, a sterile string. Parents might be wondering, you might hear stories of a complication of the cord. Can you just touch briefly upon what a physician does if the cord isn't in the right position during birth? 
Oh, sure. That is also one of the problems of trying to deliver at home. Because when the baby is in the womb, the baby is moving and somersault in different positions. So they can get the cord loosely tied around their neck. So it might delay delivery. The baby can safely come out. So an experienced physician or obstetricians untangle those cords before getting the rest of the baby out of the birth canal. Is this something that can happen fairly quickly? The doctor can solve this problem? As the doctors don't know until the baby is being born. As the baby's head comes out, that's when you know. And then you can untangle it so the baby's head can safely come out and the rest of the body can come out. I'm already <laughs> relieved to hear that. <laughs> it could be a challenge for somebody who has not encountered this before. It could be a very big challenge for them. That's why it's actually good to deliver babies in the hospital or close to the hospital where you can always get help. Let me ask you, this is a question I have always wondered. How does a belly button get its shape? Because everyone's belly button is different. And you have to wonder at some point in your life, probably when you're a kid, <laughs> how did my belly button get this shape? <laughs> That's a good question. I think it's, it just has to do with how people are different. It's all part of genetic inheritance. I think that would explain how the belly button differs. And of course, when they're healing as well, the mechanics of healing from one person to the other. So some people might have a, a smooth healing of the belly button. Others might have more difficult process of healing. So their mechanics of healing will determine the shape of the belly button. When a, the cord is cut and trimmed, they usually one inch above the navel will begin to dry up. Because there's no more nutrient and eventually wither and falls off. And when it falls off, the belly button is, is good to go. So remember we said about the clamp? Before the baby goes home, the nurses would take the clamp off because it's been there for two or three days, enough time for the blood vessels to, to pose no problems. They sealed up. The baby does this itself? It just heals? It does what it's supposed to do naturally? Yes, because the stump doesn't have any connection to the mother anymore and doesn't have any connection to the baby anymore because there's no nutrients coming from any place from the mother, dries off and falls away. The generation process takes about seven days, sometimes two weeks for the belly button to completely dry and fall off. So it differs from babies to babies. Sometimes when the babies come to my office at age five, seven days after birth, some babies have their belly button off already. Others will have to wait until they're 10 days or 14 days for it to fall off. How do they care for it in that time period? Is there anything you have to put on it? What do you do? A while ago, it was a practice to put a blue dye antiseptic around the belly button, the navel. But right now, the practice is to leave the belly button alone. Don't touch it. The drier it is, the better. Parents, the suggestion is to leave it alone, especially I'm talking about in the United States, different part of the world has their different uh, issues and situation. But in the United States, there are standard practice on where hygiene is maintained. 
in cutting the cord and trimming it. The suggestion is to leave it alone, let it dry and fall off. So that's the practice now. It should be emphasized. The World Health Organization recommends chlorhexidine. It's the kind of antiseptic for a certain part of the world where hygiene is not guaranteed, especially when babies are born in local health centers and at home where delivery hygiene is not guaranteed. We are cutting the cord in a sterile environment is not guaranteed. So they recommend using the antiseptic, a special antiseptic around the cord to prevent infection to the baby. So that is practice in some part of the world as well. Assuming everything goes well for most babies, what do parents look for? What do you tell a mother to look for in the belly button that everything is fine and everything is healing properly? When a baby comes in, usually I see these babies, they stay two days in the hospital, three days in the hospital. And uh, before the discharge, the nurses will take off the plastic clamp. They will schedule to see me in my office. When they come in, they're about five days old, seven days old. And I'll look at the belly button if it's still there. And I'll reassure the mom it's dry. There's no discharge from the belly button. There's no blood to expect another three days to five days for it to fall off. And everybody's happy. You talked a little bit earlier about some of the things that could happen but in some cases. What is a belly button hernia and what do parents need to know about this? So a belly button hernia is very common, actually. It's when the belly button heals and there is this protrusion of the area around the navel. There is this lump, which is a hernia. And the hernia is nothing but part of the intestine through a small hole. Usually that hole, which is a muscle, supposed to be closed because the baby is no more fed through the umbilical cord. That small hole is supposed to have sealed off from that muscle. But in some babies, it takes time to happen. So before it seals off, the intestine will occasionally come up from there and have the feeling that you touching a small balloon and then it goes back, it comes up, it goes back. And the parents will notice that this belly button is bulging. What's going on there? So I can explain that this is a small hernia, sometimes big, sometimes small. Over time, as the babies begin to get stronger, that small opening will seal off. So is there any treatment or do you just watch it? Oh, there's no treatment. You just watch it. And usually we tell parents that this uh, is going to get resolved by age four years. And if it doesn't by age four, then usually I refer them to my surgical friends and they can just patch that hole. So nothing to worry about. Oh, not a big deal. Unless sometimes in some occasions, which is rare, the intestine can get trapped in that small hole. It can get trapped and wouldn't go back. So if that is the case, it has to be fixed as an emergency. And here's where the pediatrician comes in. Parents know. The parents always asking questions and seeking for advice. Other challenges I see from parents that complain of blood from the base of the umbilical cord, the navel. Sometimes there's discharge coming from it. 
And usually I fix this in my office. I will take a small alcohol pad and clean it up for the parents. A lot of parents, especially new parents, should know that some of these things are normal. Blood stains around the stump is normal. So all I have to do is get an alcohol pad and clean it or wash it with soap and water and, and make sure it remains dry. Well, I feel like I've learned a lot more than I imagined about a belly button, how many things are surrounding it. Thank you for sharing all of this today with us. And we look forward to hearing your next episode about what we need to learn about the health and care of newborns and children as they're developing and growing. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to share this with you. Thanks for joining us for this episode. To answer questions you may have in a future podcast, write to Dr. Anyoha on his website at modernerapediatrics.com. Listen to On Call with Dr. Anyoha wherever you find your podcasts.